to thank you all for for coming here and joining us today. I know there's a lot of things we that you could be doing in your lives. But if this right here in our hearts isn't right, the rest of it really sometimes doesn't matter. Amen. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let me open in prayer for all of us real quick. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the miracles, works, and wonders you do in each and every one of us. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit that resides on each and every one of us. Father, I pray that there's new beginnings for people in here today, already this morning, to recognize who you are in the Holy Spirit, to rededicate themselves to you, to lay those things down at the feet of the cross of who Jesus really is. Father, we just ask that we would open our hearts, open our minds and our spirit to your word today. Lord, let us step aside. Let us just use us all to just be vessels of your holy word and that we may take it outside of these walls to glorify and benefit your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Y'all can have a seat. All right. Thanks, guys. I don't know about you, but if you can't get fired up over our worship team, your wood's wet. Amen. All right. Thanks, sirs. I need some water already. I wore myself out in worship. My legs feel like noodles. And by the way, Becky, you're not the only one that's run 13 miles. I've done it too. On purpose. It's just taken me a half a year to do it. (laughs) Maybe even longer than that. But for those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Gray. I'm part of the pastoral team at Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. Some of you may not recognize me. Most of the time I'm in the back room taking care of the youth ministries and and helping out in areas where I can back there. So if you have not seen me, I felt like I just needed to let you know that I don't take this place lightly. Uh, Pastor has asked me to to come up here, so if you had, if my face isn't recognizable, I'm usually in the back, so he just didn't make a random phone call and call somebody, hey, you need to come up here and, and call today, so it is, it is humbling and very grateful that I, that I have this opportunity and honor, because there's a, there's a lot of weight and responsibility that takes place up here from our pastoral team that, that takes care of y'all, um, I want to welcome each and every one of you in the house and out, home, watching on Facebook. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, in here, out there. I'll probably keep my message a little bit short, because so, I know a lot of you are needing to turn the barbecue grill on a little bit early today, right? But anyway, I'm going I'm to start out pretty light. Usually, that's not in my... Forte, I usually start digging into the Word pretty hard and start uh, shoving the Word a little bit hard and just really pressing upon that a little bit hard. But today I thought on Father's Day, I thought I'd keep it a little bit light and uh, maybe get some of you guys out there to maybe just laugh a little bit today because I know you're, you're not going to be too, uh, too happy today just because it's Father's Day. So I kind of thought I'd just read you a few one-liners on Father's Day that either you have all said or if you young fathers are out there, when you get older, you're going to say it. All right? 
Here's this one. You don't need to show of hands or anything like that, but you know you guys have said this. Here's the first one. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. We've all heard that, right? Yeah, we've heard that. Here's the next one. Bring back all the change. Been told that. Bring back all the change. Yeah, yeah, put it in my hand. Yeah, right? How should I know? Go ask your mother. I've said that. I'm not made of money. I've said that. And I'm not made of money. When I was your age, I was walked five miles to and from school. You see, you already know where I'm going. Each day, and it was up hills both ways. See, Becky, what I had to endure? Yeah, the, the marathon, everywhere I went was uphill both ways. Let's see here. You're going, and you're going to have fun. I always said, put a smile on your face, or I'll slap one on you. Right? Don't put your feet on the furniture. Your mother will spank you. I won't, because my feet are on the furniture. But mom will spank you. Quit playing with your food. I still get told that. Why? Because I said so. If you don't quit, I'm going to call your mother. I've never said that. You better get you better get the junk picked up before your mother gets home. That seems like we're picking on mothers, but guys, we've said that before because we didn't want to do it. We didn't want to be the one. What we really wanted to do right there was make sure the house was picked up before your mother got home so she didn't come talking to me. They weren't worrying about the kids. It needed to look like I cleaned it up. I was asleep. I was not asleep. I was just resting my eyes. I found this just through research. Someone once said, parents spend the first part of a child's life telling them to talk and walk and the rest of a child's life to sit down and be quiet. It's no wonder our kids are confused. You told me to speak up. Now I got to be quiet? Okay, let's roll into the real word here. So, a lot of these quotes I have actually said and I've actually heard. And I don't feel like I'm the only one that, that, that is in that, that category there. So, when I, was, when I was growing up, I had a pretty, pretty normal and common childhood. My parents were great. I was pretty ornery. But my family was, I had a great father. He worked. He provided. My mother was a secretary at the elementary school, so I couldn't get away with a whole lot there, but I waited till middle school and did. But it was just a pretty, pretty solid rule area, common life that I led. And, and it wasn't, there wasn't any, any ups and downs. There wasn't a whole lot of 
problems. There wasn't a whole lot of to issues that, that, that can affect a lot of families and, and do things out there. So I, I really grew up in a pretty solid foundation household-wise. One thing that was lacking was church and the Lord in my life. But I didn't, I didn't really know that. You know, even my parents really didn't know that. And we just kind of went along in life, and it, it, it was fine. It was, it was good. And as I got older, I went to high school, and, and that's where I started dating my wife. And, and moving forward, we've known each other since second grade so, and been married for 33 years. So, And she, I think she still likes me. So do you still like me? Okay. So as I got older, just, just going through life and doing that, well, went to college for a little bit and, and uh, didn't finish that, but I was a little bit undisciplined. found other things better to do like skiing and fishing and hunting and anything else besides studying. So as I got a little bit older, my wife and I got married, and we'd had a son at 20 years old. And that, as a 20-year-old, for us, we were, we didn't, or I didn't, I mean, I won't speak for her. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a father at 20 years old. I didn't even really know what that meant. You know, and I I got a job and working in construction, and I, I, I tried to do what I knew best how to do things, and, and really at that time, my only example was my father and my father-in-law. And that's really the basis of, of what I had to go off for. And, and thank God and, and that I did have some good examples to look forward to or to, to kind of fall back on. Because there's, you know, let, let's be honest, there's a lot of times that that's, that's not available to all of us to have, to have something like that, to be blessed with somebody at that such a young age to do that. So... You know, I took a job in construction, and I, I worked out of town a bunch. I was gone most of the week, and, and uh, I'd get to come home on the weekends and see my wife and my, and my son, and this life just started to, to kind of catch a stride in that. But, you know, I, th- I thought I was providing and, and the best that I can and, and uh, just really working the, the best that I could be a dad, you know, and there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of things that I didn't know how to do it and I I wasn't there was always something as I grew older in fatherhood was there there was always something a little bit lacking there was always something that was missing but I I didn't really feel it I just I I mean I I guess I felt it at times but I just I didn't really know what it was like I felt like I needed to do more and it wasn't that I was you know the, the one thing that when I was working out of town, the one thing that, that made me think I might need a new occupation or a different career, oh, my son was probably two or three years old, and he started calling me Greg instead of Dad. And I thought, man, that ain't the way how life's supposed to be. But at two or three years old, seeing me twice twice a week, if that, what, you know, how, how well of a relationship do you have with a confused person knowing his father leaves all the time? So I switched jobs, and that one was better, but that didn't end up as well either. But long story short, we were, we were both learning 
how to be parents, how to be that father, how to, how to step in that. Now, just like my dad, I was active in his life. You know, I supported him as he grew, grew older, and I spent time with him. And, and there again, we had, a, we had a really good family life. It, there, it wasn't torn or broken. There was just decisions that we needed to make and, and, and for me to acknowledge some of the mistakes I made, but, but I didn't really know at the time what that was. I didn't really even sometimes know I was making mistakes when I really was because there was still something missing for the most part. There was something missing for the most part. Now, I'm going to go to Proverbs 22 here in a minute. So if you want to open your Bibles or your phone or iPad or whatever you read out of. But there was... There was just a time in there for me personally that I knew something was missing, that there was, there was a change or something that needed to be made. And like I said, I'm, I'm just growing and learning through this fatherhood, so I just kind of thought it was a normal, normal thing to just work through the, the valleys and climb out of the mountains and ups and downs and just kind of figured that that's, that's what a dad was kind of about, but there was... There's always something missing in my life. So if you're there in verse 6, I know some of you have probably heard this. And we stand on it. This is one of the scriptures that the that Jen now, the youth ministry, or, or where I felt needed to be placed or implemented into it. But it does, it says this in verse seven, in verse 6. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not leave it. Now, that sounds so simple. Train up a child in the ways of the Lord. It doesn't say train up a child in the ways you think it needs to be. Train up a child in the ways of the, of the Lord. Train up a child in how you think your life was or the examples you need to take. It says train up a child in the ways of the Lord. So as we came along as a family, the ways of the Lord were not completely absent. I accepted Christ at 18. I don't even remember the time my wife did most of her life. So it wasn't completely absent in there. I knew who Jesus was. And obviously my wife knew who Jesus was. And my son knew who Jesus was. But there was still something absent There was still something missing. Tracy tells us, the select few, that I had to train two boys and not just one. Right? And there was a portion of that that was truth. There was a portion of that that was real. Because I was an adolescent myself. I was an immature father myself sometimes. But I still yet, I still knew that there was something there. I knew that there was more responsibility. I knew that there was something for me that I needed to take further. So church wasn't, church wasn't completely absent. We, we attended church. We actually, for, for several years, stayed in the house the church provided for us. And we would, we would go to church at times, you know, Tracy more than I at that point, and, and Brandon would go. So it was there. And we thought, well... That's what most Christians are supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. Tell your son about Jesus Christ. Go to church every now and then. 
and call it good. I thought that's how you're supposed to do it. But I really didn't know that there was something missing at the time. So what had happened as life went on, I knew there was still something missing. And Tracy can attest to this. About 16 years ago, almost 17 now, we moved up here from Rye, Colorado. And at the time, we really didn't know, or she didn't really know that I was going to commit or pull that trigger. I wasn't sure either. And through the sport of rodeo, we knew several people up here. We had friends up here. My son had friends up here. A lot of them are in the church still today. And we got invited. We came over and stayed some friend's house and just kind of checked the country out and looked at the territory. And, you know, my son was ready for a change with the school he was at. And more and more things were lining up for us to move up here. But I didn't know why, and I didn't know the difference. I, didn't, I, I thought we were just making a life change and a, and a husband-father situation to just make that change. So we both, we, we finally pulled the trigger and moved, and my wife had a business at the time. She had to sell her business. I came up here and got one of the first jobs that I could find. It wasn't a very good job. I mean, it, it provided. It wasn't a, a horribly high-paying position, but it got me up here. It got me up here. And there again, I just worked. In fact, I was gone about three months. I was up here by myself for three months while she tended back home to get everything taken care of. I was staying in a motel by myself, but I knew something in the inside of me. I needed to be up here, but I had no idea why. I had no idea why. We both had debt. We made a lot of sacrifices. And I started questioning myself on the decisions I'm making for my family. Because I never once prayed. I never asked God. Nothing. I was making those decisions on my own. But yet I'm going to church. But yet I do know who Jesus Christ is. But I wasn't doing anything about it. Until about 16 years ago today, not just today, but about 16 years ago, those very same friends asked me if I wanted to go to church in a barn. I thought, well, I guess. And he goes, you'll be, you'll be all right. You'll, you're going to know people. There's people there that we rodeo with, our, our kids rodeoed with, and, and stuff like that. And I thought, all right, I'll go check it out. Show up to the barn, dirt floor, stinks, fold-out chairs, but I started to see people I knew. There was a relationship there that was already developed that I'd already knew. I, I felt comfortable coming in there immediately. A lot of people say when they step through these doors, and this is one of the things we look at, is this feels like home, feels like family, and it's welcoming. See, I felt that in the barn over 16 years ago. And I thought, well, all right. And then I heard the word before that I'd never heard it before in my life, personal life. And it started to click on the inside of me. It started to change me a little bit. It started to move me in a direction that I'd never felt before. And I rededicated. I put my life back to Jesus Christ. I set myself and my sights and my eyes and truly said, 
Here I am. If you want me, you can have me. Here I am. You can have me, God. That is where I found what I was missing as a father. And that was the unity of the father and man. Not men, and man. The unity of our father and man was lacking in my life. I knew Jesus, but I didn't have a relationship. There wasn't any unity there. I didn't even very rarely go to him for any questions. I didn't very rarely go for, to him for any prayer. Only time I did is when I got in a pinch and I needed to get myself back out of it. And I found that that was what I was missing. The missing link for me to be a better father and a man was a relationship in unity with my father in heaven. Are you there? Are you with me? It's awful quiet in this Baptist church. See, that was what I was missing. See, it wasn't about me being a better father. It was about the knowing who my father is in heaven. Amen? Amen. See, someone once said this. I don't remember where the quote was. I don't even remember the guy's name. And I probably, this just went completely off of where I heard it and what I remembered, so it's not an exact quote. But it said something to this nature. A lack of unity in the body of Christ is one of great hindrances of evangelism. Did you hear me there? A lack of unity in the body of Christ is one of great hindrances, one of the greatest hindrances of evangelism. The lack of unity. See, this is, where I'm, this is what I'm talking about missing. How do I evangelize to our child? How, how would we evangelize to our children? How can we evangelize to our children, our, our, our friends, our teach, whatever it is? How do we evangelize if we are not in unity with one another and the Father in heaven? How do we teach them? How do we train them up in the ways of the Lord if we are not in unity with the Father, with one another? That was the key. That was the lack. And, I, and, and again, I did not know that until I felt it, until I heard it, until it was expressed to me, until people started to surround me that I didn't even know at this church and feeding into me and telling me what I am and what I can be and where my potential lies. And it was all because of the unity in the Father in heaven and man. How do we teach how do we provide? How do we train? How do we make an example for them if we don't have unity in our Father in heaven? They're lacking. And unfortunately, sometimes in the culture we're living in, our children are hearing so many things, so many things. In our schools, other people, some teachers, what are they getting taught anymore? And, and again, I'm not, I'm not talking about every school and every teacher because I know some, some loving Christian teachers that teach the truth. But there's a vast majority, there's a big majority of training up our children in the ways of the Lord. And if we don't take the responsibility to do it, who is? 
It's got to be on us. It's not just the fathers that I'm speaking to here either. My message, I was telling Pastor Darren in the back room how this was transformed and Tracy saw a little bit of the hurdles that I'd went through trying to get this in line and in order that made sense that where God was really trying to go. See, at first I just got in my head, well, it's Father's Day. I got to have a Father's Day message. Well, that changed in a hurry. And then I, pretty positive I heard from God saying it needs to be unity in the Father and men. And I thought, okay, I, I get that part. We can't be fathers without our Father in heaven. And then he corrected me again. It's unity in the Father and man. Not just men. Men, men have relationships. Don't get me wrong, that's a huge portion of it. There's a lot of guys that have surround my life that have grown me into the faith of where I am at times that correct me, that, that, that do those things. But it's, God was telling me it needs to be the unity and man. That's us. That's all of us. That's who takes it to train up these, these kids in the ways of the Lord. I'm going to read Psalms 133 verse 1 here in a second. How do we evangelize to our children if we are not in unity with our Father in heaven? Amen? I hope that hits you as hard as it hit me when I was going through this. Because you can come to church all you want. You can believe in Jesus Christ all you want. But until that relationship and the Holy Spirit truly entering on the inside of you, house of miracles. Until that happens, you're just going to church. You're calling yourself a Christian, but you're not being a Christian. Amen? And I'm, I'm, I'm not pointing at you. I'm, I'm, this is all pointing at me here. I did that for a greater part of my life. My wife was the pillar in my relationship. She was the one who kept telling me, let's go. But here was the issue, and, I, and, and she knows this. If it weren't for her, who knows where Brandon and I would be a, as a father-son. I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've told people today, like, if I didn't move up here and, and know who Jesus Christ was, I was probably going to die or end up in jail. And that's, there's a lot of other testimonies that I know that that's the case. So God's hand is in it. The unity in Christ is so severe. The relationship in Christ is so severe. So, so if you all are, are, are there, so David says in Psalms 133, verse 1, right at the very beginning, How good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. David said it in a psalm, so how important is that? David, David said that. How pleasant is it? Is it pleasant to God to be in unity? Is it pleasant for him to have relationship with us? If unity was not of the Father, catch me on this. It's pretty simple, but it took me a minute. If unity is not in the Father, and the pleasantness is not in the Father, and if it's not any great importance to the Father for all of us to be in unity then the Jews and the Gentiles will still be separated. How important is unity? 
Amen? Amen. Dwelling together in unity. God wants us in unity. God wants brothers, sisters, families, dads, moms, friends, family, all to be in unity. But that doesn't matter until spiritual unity in our Father occurs in our life. Jesus even said it himself. I'm not going to pull out scripture. You can go back and read it. Just before his death, Jesus prayed to the Father that he would be brought to, that we would be brought to complete unity. Now, can you imagine that? He's getting ready to die for us. And he knows the outcome. He he knows what's going to happen to him. There was every bit of a chance to make decisions like I did earlier and I did in my life. He could have made his own decision and go, adios, I'm out of here. I ain't doing that. And in the presence of what is going to happen to him, look at where he's at with his father. He's praying for us that we come into unity. So, so do you think that's a little bit important to our father in heaven? Just a little bit, right? Complete unity. First with the Father, but also with man, all of us. It's not just unity with Jesus. He wanted complete unity. That means not just him, that means all of us in him. First with the Father, but also with man. So being in a little bit of my the, the vein of, of my pastors and, and, and doing some things, and, and I do like it. I looked up the word man, and it's pretty simple. The word man, I believe I'm saying this, the, the word in the Greek is T-I-S, so I think it's just tis. I don't know how I can mispronounce I'm going to go with it anyway. If I'm mispronouncing three letters in this right here, then I probably need to quit reading the Greek. So I think it's tis, but this is what it means. It simply means anyone in this context. Let me, let, me, let me back up. In the context that I'm speaking and where I looked it up as a noun, there's, there's several different layers of father, fatherhood, fa- the father in heaven. So there's different definitions in that. This specific one right here simply means anyone or all of us. And pastors touched on this. I believe we all have at at one time or another. And you all probably know this. But when you read the Bible and certain scriptures, when you see man, God's talking about unity in all of us. Amen? It's not a man. It's not a father. It's all of us. So that word man simply means anyone, all of us. So can I tell you another little quick story? I've been telling you a story the whole time, and i got another one if you want to hear it. I told pastor today, I said, a lot of this is coming out of me, and I don't know why this was supposed to be unless it was placed on my heart, because I really don't have, you've already heard all the scripture that I'm giving you today. But the relationship and the unity is in him. And I felt, I told him in the back room just before I came out that I really felt like I was just talking a lot about myself and and did I need to put more in there? And did I need to put more of that? But I, as I was writing this, God placed it upon your heart. He said, it's not just stories, it's your testimony. And it is. 
And then he placed upon my heart, see how important all of our testimonies are without the unity in the Father could potentially be just trouble in our lives. Amen? Did you hear that? Without the unity in the Father, our testimonies would have a potential to just be trouble in our lives. Every one of you have a testimony. Let people hear it. They're not simple stories. They're not coming out of a newspaper. They're not coming out of the news. Your testimony is for a plan and a purpose to show who God is in your life. Amen? So here's the other story. Let me find it here. So I told you I went back to, I went to the barn and, and the church. And here's where unity had become, first and foremost. Like I said, I got to know people. I already knew some people there. But not only did I find unity in Christ, I found unity and understanding in men and man, all of you. And how important, I was reflecting as I was putting this together and studying how important there's people placed in all of our lives to continue to mold me through the unity in Christ to help shape me to where I need to go, to correct me when I need corrected, to bring me to a place that I need to be in a place. Most of the time we come to church, we hear the word of God and we go home. And I know this, for me, in my, I'll, I'll talk in my experience. I know for me, in my experience, I can see just as much godly friendships in man in this church than I, and I haven't attended a lot, other churches before in my life. And how important it is for man to be a part of your life. And it slowly just started growing and, and people just organically surrounded us. I believe that there's no circumstance in coming in contact with one another. I believe not the friendships are on different level, obviously. But if you have any contact with one another, it's a God-given deal. And we need to start recognizing that. Friends don't become friends by circumstance. People don't just run into each other and develop a relationship by a circumstance. God's got a plan and unity for each and every one of us. And back in that barn, not only did I find unity with my father, I found unity with my brothers and sisters. And that was a big part of it. Most of you know I'm, I'm a little bit introverted. and you wouldn't, I guess maybe you wouldn't know if I come up here, but... It's, it's hard for me at times, and I've been working on this very hard, and I've, I've talked to other guys that it's hard for me to develop or continue one-on-one -on -one relationships. I don't know how to communicate sometimes. I don't know how to carry on a conversation sometimes, but I'm working on it. You wouldn't think that by me just talking up here for an hour, but... In a, in a natural setting, in a, in a smaller setting, in a friendship setting, in a brother-sister setting where we all need to be, I struggle at times. And I recognize that. And I have to ask God to, to help me through some of those things. Outside of here or back there, I'm not a very big talker. 
But how God just said, how, how Jesus just said it, praying. How important is it for me to have those relationships? I can't run and walk away from those. It's unity in us. It's complete unity. And I've got to work on that. And I'm still working on it. But how much of an importance does God and Jesus Christ lay on those relationships? Amen? Amen. Complete unity, he says. So what did David say? I'm getting close here. What did David say in Psalms? How pleasant for a brethren to dwell together in unity. How important is it? It's pleasant. It's just like worship. How pleasant the sound of that worship going to the heavens. How pleasant is that for God to see complete unity in each and every one of us? And I'm I'm getting close to the end, so I'll end with this. See, it takes fathers, it takes mothers, it takes friends, family, all of us to come together in unity with our Father. The quote I said earlier, I said this, and it was in jest and a little bit of a joke, but I want to repeat this. God pressed upon my heart to how, I, I, basically, I'll, I'll just tell you the truth. I was struggling to, to figure out how to wrap this back around and close it up, and this is pretty much what got laid on my heart. And this was in jest, so I'm, I'll just repeat it if you guys were asleep the first time I read it. Parents spend the first part of a child's life telling them to talk and walk and the rest of the childhood to sit down and be quiet. Right? There's some truth in that. And that's true. But I was reading that and I want to change. I'm going to to write my own version of this. I'm going to write my own version of that that so-called joke. All of us should spend the first part of a child's life telling them about our father and the rest of their childhood how to do it in unity. Be that example. Be that example. Because without that, without the father and without unity, we don't have the example we're supposed to be for our children, our friends, our family. Amen? I hope I didn't beat you up too much. I was trying to keep it as light as I possibly can. I usually get up here and do the opposite. So fathers, happy Father's Day. Mothers, happy Mother's Day. It's not a day. It's about unity. It's about unity. It's about the miracles that we just got to see before church even started, before I even said a word. That's how much our Father in Heaven truly loves us. That's how much he truly wants us to be together with one another. Amen? Amen. You're the house of miracles. You're a house of miracles. So let's go outside of these walls and prove it. Amen? Amen. All right, let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for how much you truly love us. We thank you for the recognition that you give us. Father, we just, we just open our hearts, Father, 
that we may see the guidance and the direction and the leadership you've provided. That we may step as fathers, as mothers, as friends, as aunts, as uncles, as grandparents into a place of unity with you and first and foremost. That we may be that shining light that you call us, Father. That we may be that example, Father. That we may set aside our own selves and allow that Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us. Your word says that we are a temple of God and that the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. So, Father, I ask today that you would just start cleaning our house, cleaning our house to make more room for our Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us, to take those things out, to lay those things down that is not of you. And, Father, again, as I sit here and pray to you, I pray if there's anyone in within the sound of my voice, whether at home or in here, that does not completely know you or needs to rededicate or needs to make room for your Holy Spirit, that they would do that right now, right where they sit, to come in unity with our Father in heaven. Father, again, we thank you for the miracles that we got to witness before church even started. We look forward to the miracles that you're doing right now. And we look forward to listening to the miracles that are going to take place later. You're always working. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Father, I just pray all of these things in your name. It's by your blood and your obedience that makes it all possible for us to know who you are. Glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. I hope you have a great family day, a Father's Day. Spend some time with your family, with one another. I'm going to turn it over to Miss Becky, and we're going to uh, let you guys get out of here so you can start turning on your barbecuers.